Hello, I'm Pat Roberts, the Managing Director of LNG Worldwide Consulting, and I'm producing this podcast in collaboration with the World LNG and Gas Series. And the theme this week is wet, windy and warm, because that is one of the best outlooks for the world in order to get by this winter to balance energy supply and demand. In Europe, it's bracing itself to get by without Russian pipeline gas and without enforced rationing. Asia is looking to get by without price spikes, as buyers will need to come into the spot market to compete to buy LNG. If we put this in a different way, what we're saying is we're banking on energy supply being bolstered by hydro and wind power and solar power, so it doesn't overstretch LNG supplies. But also in this week's news, Germany announced it would extend the life of its last three nuclear reactors to April the 15th, 2023. This is an extension of three and a half months. For sure, these are not ordinary times, but at a time when global LNG needs to maximize its supply, we are seeing some wobbles. And First one being Nigeria LNG called FM this week due to heavy flooding in the Niger Delta, though the project is still producing and exporting LNG. It's understood so far that one cargo has been cancelled and the outlook is that possibly more cancellations will follow until the floods recede. Over in the US, Freeport LNG is planning to be back on stream with its supply in November at 85% capacity after a five-month outage. But it must receive full approvals from the Pipeline Hazardous Materials and Safety Administration regulator in order to restart. And it's understood that the regulator will not authorise a partial restart until all the company's proposed changes have been received and accepted. The regulator so far has approved only pieces of Freeport's proposed changes called their remedial work plan. So much more has to happen there before we can plan on Freeport restarting. But one positive change to boost supply is hopefully that of Coral FLNG, the 3.2 MTPA project in Mozambique, which hopefully will very soon be starting its exports. Over now to developments on gas distribution infrastructure, because obviously they are hitting the headlines right, left and centre at the moment with all the bottlenecks um, of infrastructure, reception of LNG and also pipeline gas distribution. And this week, Spain, Portugal and France announced on Thursday that they will build a sea-based pipeline to carry hydrogen and natural gas between Barcelona and Marseille. The route will mainly be used to pump green hydrogen and other renewable gases, but in the short term, it will temporarily allow for natural gas to be moved, helping to alleviate Europe's energy crisis. A construction timeline and the financing for this project will be discussed at a further meeting between the three countries on December the 9th. Also on Thursday this week, Germany received its first direct gas deliveries from France through a pipeline in the Moselle region a deal which at first will deliver about 31 gigawatt hours per day. On now to LNG stats and trends, and we're a month before the COP27 meeting in Egypt, and news has been circulating questioning if Europe's energy crisis has actually slowed down efforts to decarbonise the LNG supply chain and use carbon offsets. 
the number of deals for carbon neutral LNG around the world has dropped to less than 10 so far this year, from 30 in 2021, according to Wood Mackenzie. It's as simple as energy security and affordability are at the front of minds for all buyers. About a quarter of gas drilled in the United States is being certified to reflect its improved emissions intensity, as many drillers are reducing their methane leaks under pressure from regulators, investors and big companies. And it's now estimated that a third of US supply should be certified by the end of the year. But disappointingly, no US LNG exporters have certified their facilities, and that's according to the liquefaction plant owners themselves, and the certification company MIQ. Chenier is providing emissions information for all cargoes shipped since June, but has not yet partnered with any third-party certification programme. On now to prospective LNG projects. And in the news this week was Sempra, who said on October the 20th, it had signed an amended and restated fixed-priced EPC contract with Bechtel for the 13.5 MTPA first phase of Port Arthur LNG in Texas. And this includes an updated price of about $10.5 billion. It's an important step in advancing this phase one of Port Arthur towards a final investment decision. Last week, federal regulators extended the completion deadline for Port Arthur by 50 months out to June 2028. So phase one is two liquefaction trains, 13.5 MTPA of LNG per year, and phase two, under active marketing at the moment, would increase that capacity to 27 MTPA. The marketing for phase one is very well advanced. There have been non-binding agreements signed with Poland's PGNIG, with RWE, with INEOS Energy and Trading, and also with ConocoPhillips. So there is one FID to watch there, certainly could happen before the end of this year. On now to LNG demand, and Bangladesh has signed an MOU with Brunei LNG for long-term supply. Bangladesh is an example of a country really affected by very high spot LNG prices and has been forced into rationing of gas supply. So a long-term deal with Brunei certainly in their interests. And also I saw in the, the news um, a report from the 20th CPC National Congress in China. On 16th of October, President Xi delivered the pivotal report setting out key policy directions for the coming years. And in respect to climate and energy policy, the report affirmed carbon peak and neutrality goals um, have been made clear. And China has said it will not stop burning fossil fuels until it's really confident that clean energy can reliably replace them, i.e. the principle of do not get rid of the old before the new is up and working well. This is all being interpreted as a very positive outlook, both for pipeline gas and LNG imports into China. Now on to short term dynamics. And in the news this week, um, around 35 laden LNG vessels are standing off around Europe, several around Spain, waiting for regas slots. This equates to about two and a half million tonnes. Gas prices in the Iberian Peninsula have fallen to their lowest in about six months because storage terminals are full and they don't have the pipeline infrastructure to send it to other parts of Central Europe where there is good positive demand. 
So this really gels with my previous comments about trying to build out more uh, infrastructure, even though that takes obviously a very long time. Over in Asia, well, China's NDRC has asked its state-owned gas importers to stop reselling LNG cargoes to buyers in Europe because it wants to ensure its own supply for the winter season. Over the week, there has been buying demand for Japan for December-January cargoes, and also Kogas has bought several cargoes this week via a tender. If we do a roundup of prices, spot prices have fallen on the week. November JKM $32.35, TTF $43.45, Henry Hub $5.92 and Brent trading on Friday morning here in London at $92.16 per barrel. But this week it's been a repeat of last. It's that spot rates for LNG carriers are continuing to dominate the news and continuing to rise. The Baltic Exchange has rates as high as $450,000 a day for a spot charter, while Spark Commodities report fixtures in the Atlantic at around $425,000 a day. So that's it for this week. Um, if you've enjoyed the episode, we do invite you to rate it, to review it and to subscribe to our LNG wrap. We're really hoping that that will help others to find us as well. Thank you very much and look forward to speaking to you next week with another edition of the LNG wrap. Thank you and goodbye.